Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal, who has finally awakened from his turkey-induced coma over Thanksgiving to talk about the uh, big news story of the day. There are actually several, but the primary one we're talking about is uh, the death of Fidel Castro and the reaction. Bill, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope all was well. And to you. I thought the big news story of Saturday was Michigan being deprived of its <laughs> deserved victory, hard-fought victory of Ohio State by the refs who were in the tank. For Anyway, I'm not complaining for Urban Meyer and all that. But well, my wife I mean, is a nice Michigan grad. Your my, wife a Michigan, Michigan grad, and oh, we wow. were listening to it on the radio driving back from her family's home up in New Hampshire, and it was not a pretty sight in the car. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. No, I mean, it was an ugly game, and the refs right, excited. totally, totally in the tank. It's nice that they play a few football games this weekend, this past weekend, and then I guess next weekend, too. Everyone knows the real college football season ends, obviously, with a Harvard-Yale <laughs> game. But, you know, it's good to have some fake rivalries from Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, those kinds of things to keep some of the people engaged, you know? Well, as a South Carolina Gamecocks plan, fan <laughs> whose team played our ultimate rivals this weekend, I don't want to talk about it. Clemson's so tough. Okay, I don't so, want to talk about it. Meanwhile, so, Fidel Castro died. Yes. Couldn't it, have happened to a nicer guy, exactly. if I may say. Yeah. I want to ask you about... The reaction, because in my Twitter feed and Facebook feed, there's a lot of anger over uh, people like uh, Trudeau in Canada and the prime Min- the president of Ireland and some other prominent lefties who've been kind to Fidel Castro. But you've noticed actually something else. I mean, having been through this a few times, I mean, it's always these dictators, lefty, left-wing dictators, get much better press than they deserve or and then they should get. Having said that, I thought actually there was a little less the, – the, the coverage of the Castro death was a little less bad than I expected. Uh, and some of the reactions were excellent. And so the EU president, the president of the European Union, put out a terrible statement praising Castro, historic figure. But then some EU cabinet member – I'd never really heard of her – put out a very good statement. And, and some of the anchors here in the U.S., especially if they're of Cuban-American descent, sort of objected when their networks seem to be whitewashing Castro – I, you know, it makes me think more broadly that everyone says the Bush freedom agenda, that's done, finished. Uh, Trump's not for it. Certainly the liberals aren't for it. The Democrats aren't for it. Uh, we, Iraq was so difficult. I, I'm struck how much the American people kind of across the board, except for some a few Buchananites on the right and some on the left, kind of believe that the U.S. should at least speak up for freedom, even if we can't always achieve it, and that if Castro dies, we should say, A, he was a pretty horrible dictator. B, we hope the Cuban people should be free. And we'll have, have the chance to be free and that we'll do our best to help them. We're not going to invade. It's not going to be the Bay of Pigs. But we should. We have quite a lot of leverage down there. And I was struck. I tweeted that and people got a lot of responses. And I pointed out that Obama never uses the words freedom or liberty or democracy in his little statement about Castro, which wasn't as bad a statement as right. it might have been a couple of years ago, though. Uh, but then a lot of other people did. Mike Pence, the vice president-elect, made an excellent statement. And Marco Rubio, as you'd expect – but a lot of others uh, as well. So it actually cheered me up a little bit about the general state of sort of the, the public's thinking on these issues. I have a, a longstanding relationship with uh, Ireland and through Irish radio, and I was involved in a controversy a few years ago with a minister who became, who's now the president of Ireland, and I won't get into the ugly name-calling, et cetera, but um, he sent out a message praising Castro as a great global leader. And in the past— because you're, I mean, for people who've never been to Europe, it, it, I, I, you you know this, Bill. In Europe, Hillary would be a conservative. I mean, right. they are so far to the left. So I confronted the president of Ireland for saying this about a tyrannical dictator who had to use terror to keep his own people in place, who runs a country where twenty percent of the population was willing to battle sharks to get away. And how could he say this? And I was expecting the 
response from the Irish left to be very, you know, pro their president, anti me, as he almost always is. Very split. I was on Irish radio this morning, Monday morning, and overwhelmingly split. And even the people who were trying to be mad at me because I'm an American right winger kept conceding things about Cuba and Castro and his failings and his his abuse of his people. I, having been debating these people for more than a decade now, I never would have heard three or four years ago. I wonder, is there something going on? Is just eight years after the cover, I think it was of Newsweek, declaring we are all socialists now. Hmm. Have we reached a moment where socialism is fading out of favor, whether it's the collapse in Venezuela, letting people see the real-life effects, or whether it's the failure of the left, center-left governments in Europe over the past eight, ten years? What Do you think there's a moment here? Yes, and I would also say Syria. I mean, the non-intervention uh, in Syria, the sort of, you know, that's the contrast with Bush, right? And suddenly there are 500,000, not suddenly, but there are 500,000 right. people dead and now a horrible... A tragedy, not really a tragedy, a horrible uh, slaughter mm-hmm. taking place in Aleppo, which we and the rest of the so-called uh, civilized world or the uh, international community is doing nothing about. And I do think now you see Samantha Power, Obama's ambassador to the U.N., tweeting out things about international community must rise to the occasion. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? Either we, the U.S., are going to lead that right. community in doing something, and the president has made clear he doesn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's uh, – so it really – I do think there's a reaction as to all that. Uh, I think that could be very healthy. It can go in slightly weird directions, uh, as we've seen with Trump, Trump's rhetoric, and you know, let's just be Fortress America or whatever. But Cuba, you know what? I would. Trump is not where I am on intervention in the Middle East. He thinks that's all a bad idea. He's much too nice to Putin, from my point of view. I wonder if Trump wouldn't see that if if he could put pressure on Cuba and help them also, and actually bring about like a civilized situation in Cuba with freedom, basic mm-hmm. civil liberties, and some elections. That would be a huge achievement. And why shouldn't it happen? Cuba was it, so is, it, is not a country that is, you know, to, to be honest, it's not, it's not, doesn't have a religion that's right. hostile to, to, to freedom or, or harder to make compatible with freedom. It's not in the middle of an area of the world that doesn't have other functioning democracies. Mm-hmm. It's not like it would be that so hard to get Cuba, it seems to me, to look at least like, a, yeah, it wouldn't be great, but like some Central American <laughs> country that at least has basic liberties most of the time, though. That would be a good project for Donald Trump and his Secretary of State, I think. And do you have a... a, a dictator that a lot of people like to talk about when they talk about Castro to guide the way, and that's Pinochet, right. who uh, you know seized power through, through force and then eventually chose to allow democracy, and didn't that work out that well for him because <laughs> they caught up with him? But the point is, now that Fidel is gone, you could have Trump in the administration, and who knows, maybe even some Western European countries urging Cuba, pressuring Cuba to follow that model. And it finally, after 50-some years of one-party rule, allowing democracy. Wouldn't that be something? It would know? be hilarious. It would be great to go to a free Havana. <laughs> um, my wife's grandmother went to Havana in, I don't know, 1953 or something right. like that as a, for a vacation. Mm-hmm. I guess people did that a lot back then. And it was, you know, it was again, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't really free and a dictator. But it was still, compared to today... A much, much both more developed economically and freer, and it would be a great achievement. It would be fun if the Trump administration could uh, could, could see a wave of freedom in, in Cuba. And also, I mean, Venezuela, I think, has been important, don't you think? I yes. mean, it's just this, this advanced country just totally ruined mm-hmm. by socialism. And, you know, it's nice, Bernie Sanders, ho, 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 isn't that cute to have a socialist? <laughs> the 21-year-olds are all right. voting for him. But, you know, socialism has real effects in the real yes. world on real people. And I, I wonder if there hasn't been a bit of a wake-up call on that. Yeah, I think it's a different mood. You know, for a long time after 
the invasion of Iraq, if you were having this conversation about civil rights abuses, et cetera, the argument, look at Gitmo, the most dangerous place in Cuba is Gitmo, would have had some at least emotional heft. It has no effect. It's just, it's, it's, it's air. It's nothing. And that's because I think we're at this moment where people are seeing the real effects of socialism. And you wonder if somewhere in whatever that... A political and emotional and cultural melange that's bringing Marie Le Pen into more prominence and, you know, uh, uh, other leaders in Europe and some would argue Trump here in the United States, that there that part of that that's been overlooked is a rejection of the kind of big government trusty elites that you have to have to believe in socialism. Wouldn't that be hilarious if that was a consequence of Trumpism? Would be the undermining of socialism. Well, I think I think Trumpism will have lots of consequences. Some of them good, some of them maybe not so good. But I very much think it could have contrarian consequences like that. That is to say, Trump himself ran on a foreign policy agenda that was not friendly in a way to Bush's right. freedom agenda. But it could lead to a reinvigorating of it. Just as he, he's not much of a constitutionalist or a rule of law guy, Trump. But if Congress steps up, if the cabinet agencies get empowered, you could actually have a return to an older kind of understanding of how the government should work away from centralized powers in the White House, executive orders, et cetera, uh, under Trump and partly as a reaction against to Trump. So, uh, yeah, there are, there are some hopeful signs. It's going to be a complex four years, clearly, but uh, maybe it looks, looks a little better than I expected at this point. And that's what I will absolutely take in the era of Trump. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please go to iTunes.com and subscribe to the Weekly Standard Podcast right now. It'll magically appear in your iPhone, iPad. Costs nothing. Also, check out the Crystal Clear Podcast every Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcast O-N-E, podcastone.com. I'm your host, Michael Graham.